Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. My friend, how are you feeling today? I invite you to check in with yourself, to connect with your feeling state. And here's the thing. If you don't have hope right now, because we've been going through this for over six months. COVID, the economy, if you're living in the United States, watching the political (laughs) craziness in our country, if you're outside the country, which I have a lot of clients who are, you're watching what's happening in the US going, what is happening? So we have politics, we have fires in California, there's a lot. And one of the things that I know is that it's really important to have hope to get through the other side. And I also know that having hope 24-7 is not reality. So on the days that you don't have hope, know that that's okay, because I have hope. And there are days that I don't have hope, and I also lean on others to carry the hope forward. Because collectively, we can hope for a better future than what we've been currently experiencing in this year of 2020. So check in with how you're feeling. It's okay if you're feeling afraid, sad, anxious, scared, content, joy, calm, confident, empowered. We want to feel all the feelings. On a given day, I feel it all. I felt shame and anxiety and I felt calm and I felt confident And I felt, I was laughing because I was like, I felt confident and I was like, yeah, and I felt self-hatred. And I'm like, is that a feeling? But there was a lot of, that's all shame, the beating myself up. I'm not good enough. So I felt it all in a given day. That's the reality of what we're going to feel. And the days that I'm more tired, the days that I've had to make so many decisions that I've totally overwhelmed my brain power and my brain juice, I have had to learn how to take care of myself by asking myself, Corinne, what do you need? What do you need to fill back up so that you can be more grounded, so that you can show up, so that you can be confident, so that you can lead? And then I work on taking care of that. So let's have hope together. And if you don't have hope, I've got hope for you. And trust me on the days that I don't have hope or the moments I don't have hope, I'm leaning on my people as well or podcasts or books. And yesterday that actually happened. I got done and I had a bit of a break before I had needed to be somewhere. And I thought I need to refuel myself. And I just got and received Brene Brown's 10th anniversary edition of the gifts of imperfection. I just learned out my copy, but I got in the mail, the 10th anniversary edition, and I was reading it. And I just started to cry because she was so real about what the last 10 years have been like, right? It's not the, oh, I figured this out and I don't have problems. It's the, oh man, this is hard. And I'm moving through and I've fallen down and I've been betrayed and I've betrayed myself and I've gotten back up. And that my friend is the truth. And I was like, oh, and that's what I needed. So whether it's a podcast that you lean onto, books that you lean onto, friends that you lean onto, 
Who do you lean onto to give you hope when you don't have them, when you don't have hope? And then on the days that you do have hope, you shine bright for others. So today I've got you. I have hope. I know we're going to be able to get on the other side of this. I'm not saying we're going to return back to normal because I don't think there's going back. I think there's moving forward, but I know we're going to be able to get through this. I have faith in our resilience as humans. And that's with seeing a lot of people behaving really poorly. And I say 2020 is the year that people showed me who they really were. So I still have faith. We're going to get to the other side of this. So let's do this together and use our collective energy together. And the days that you don't have it, that's okay. I've got you. I'll hold your hand. I'll help carry you through. I've got you. And the days that I can't, please hold my hand and carry me through. Speaking of which, I want to do a shout out to Grit and Grace. (laughs) Love that name. Grit and Grace left an Apple podcast review. Thank you so much. And Grit and Grace talked about the invisible soldier. OMG, you put words to what I've lived for so many years, being in fear that I'll get in trouble. With a lot of hard work and a podcast like yours, I'm learning to live my truth. Thank you. With a heart emoji. Great and Grace, thank you so much. That show came out a lot of times, the content I produce, whether they're the shows that I'm putting out here for you or the Sunday love letters that I send you all every Sunday, that content comes out of working with clients. It comes out with leading the Aqua Monsters. It comes out with living my life. I see patterns of stuff and it's like, I see things over and over. And then sometimes I can identify like the invisible soldier. I was like, oh my gosh, we just take these orders and we go and execute because we're supposed to without even agreeing to it and without even wanting to do it with just doing it because somebody said to, and I found myself doing that. I was the invisible soldier. I still can fall into that. I'm the invisible soldier, but I don't want to be the invisible soldier. So we'll put a link in the show notes so you can listen to that podcast. But Grit and Grace, thank you so much for leaving an Apple podcast review. Today, I want to talk about cultivate relationships that rise up with you. And I want to clarify when I talk about relationships, it can be friendships, it can be family relationships, it can be partnerships, life partners, marriage, spouses, you decide what arena you want to take this and apply it into your life. I'm not talking just specifically about marriages. I'm going to start there, but I also use this work in my own relationships with friendships and this concept. So one of my clients recently, we were doing a coaching session about a romantic relationship and we were talking about her romantic relationship. And I was giving examples about a friendship that I had, which then helped her get some insight and helped her create some space and the ability to let go of this relationship. And this is really important, my friend, just because you know something intellectually, just because it sounds right, doesn't mean you make that immediate change. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on inside of us. And we are wishing it were different than it was, or we have these stories about who we need to be or what we're supposed to be in order to have what we want. And so it's all complicated and tangled. And so even though we're like, yes, I've made this decision, it doesn't mean it's easy to execute every single day and to live in that integrated way every single day. So be graceful with yourself, be kind, be forgiving, and you will actually make more transformation and more change in your life than beating the crap out of yourself. Cause that my friend, is not effective. 
So this concept that I was able to share with my client actually came from Oprah Winfrey, and she's used it in a couple different ways. And as I was preparing for the show, one way that I really liked was about the story with musician India Ari. And after going through tremendous pain and losing herself in the music business, Oprah Winfrey gave some advice to musician India Ari, and it was, the universe will rise up to meet you wherever you are. India took that to heart and decided to be her after going so far off the path of her own vision as who she wanted to be as a musician. And she had given up her power to other people in the music industry. At first she said, they took my power, but she realized she had this, I would call it an unconscious agreement where she gave up her power to these other people. And she believed that this would allow her to make her life easier. So I want to take this concept of the universe will rise up to meet you wherever you are. And I want to apply it to relationships. And as I said, I was coaching a client a few weeks ago and we we're discussing relationships. And I use the concept that this is another famous Oprah quote of your home should rise up to meet you. Now you all know that I'm not a fan of the word should, I've gotten rid of it out of my vocabulary. So I was really struggling with that. That's why I found that other quote should is based in judgment. I don't like it. But this idea that your home rises up to meet you and greet you, right? It's like if you have the dog and you come home and your dog's so happy to see you, or when my kids were like two and three and I would come home, they come running down the hall, so happy to see me, so different than having an 18 and a 20 year old, right? Where they don't really want to see me. But that's what we want to have in our relationships is people that rise up to meet you not because you're better than them, not because of a, you know, you're on this hierarchy and they need to bow down to you, but we want to rise up together. And so what if we had relationship that rose up to meet us instead of settling for ones that we have to cajole, that we have to drag along, that we're always doing all the work for. I can't tell you how many hours of coaching sessions that I go through with clients walking through where they're feeling a lot of shame. They're like, I'm bad. I must not be good enough. This friend doesn't do the work. I'm the one that's always doing it. I'm the one that's setting up, you know, the dinner parties. I'm the one that's doing this. I'm the one that's always inviting them places. And then they go off and go on vacation with other people. And then the same thing happens in romantic partnerships of, well, I'm the one that has to arrange everything. And that person just shows up and we're dragging them along. We're trying to convince them, Hey, look, I matter. Can you see me? What can I do? What song and dance can I do so that you can accept me so that you can be there for me the way I'm there for you? That's what I'm talking about rising up instead of having to drag somebody along. And we have this interesting cultural programming, especially for women that we're supposed to be accommodating. Don't be too much. Make sure you're the chosen one. So a few weeks ago, I was pretty fried. And it was a holiday weekend and like 1030. I was like, Corinne, you have permission to go sit on the couch. What do you want to do? And I was like, I want to watch Iron Man. And then I got this crazy idea to watch like them in order. So then I had to watch all the Avenger stuff, but I think I watched all three Iron Man. It was over the course of the weekend actually, but it was so interesting because The programming starts, I mean, it starts in so many places, but the programming is there. 
Like, I like the show. I like the movie. But I think about Gwyneth Paltrow's character, right? It's like, be doting, be reliable to that rich playboy genius boss. And then finally one day he'll get to his senses and you'll get chosen and then crowned. She became, I think her, Gwyneth Paltrow's character is Piper Potter. And she became the CEO of the company, right? Of his company. But really these rom-coms, we need to stop with this damn cultural programming. This is the news. It's like fake news that has been inundating us growing up. Or how about all those rom-coms where it's like, okay, the woman finally gets the guy to choose her, right? That's always the storyline. That's the arc of the story. You'll see me. You'll finally see that I'm a value. You'll go through something and you'll see it. You guys, aren't you tired of this? Tired of people who you're having to drag along or try to convince? We want people that want to rise up with you. I was listening to and become a big fan of Michelle Obama's podcast. It's on Spotify. And she was talking with Conan O'Brien about when she met Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. And he was just a straight shooter, no games. He was like, hey, I like you. I'm interested in you. He didn't know, did she like him? He was totally vulnerable. He was willing to do it, right? And my husband did the same thing. And I love. was like, wait, you're doing what? You're just telling me? You're going to just put yourself out there, but we don't want to do that because that's vulnerable. But oh my gosh, at least if we put it out there, then we can find out, do they like me or not? If not, great, we can move on. Instead, we sit here and play all these games, right? Let's get rid of the games and let's cultivate relationships that rise up with us. But unfortunately, we have this cultural programming that leads women to not create relationships with others who rise up with them, but who actually drag us down. There's relationships filled with broken promises, relationships filled with waiting for the call, relationships filled with you know, they're not going to follow through. They say that, but it doesn't happen. One of my hated statements, like hated is, oh yeah, we should get lunch. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, give me a call. I'm not putting work into this. Like, let's not talk about doing something. Let's do something. Let's put it in the calendar and commit to it. Because going back and forth is exhausting. And remember, 2020 has already been a tough year. If you're in the US, we're over six months into it. We're exhausted. Let's have things that are tangible. We're exhausted. And all these games are exhausting. The broken promises, the waiting for the calls, the people who don't follow through, my friend, these are not relationships that we want. These are not relationships that you deserve in your life. We want relationships where people will rise up with you wherever you are. Those are the people I want in my life. You want to know that all of you is loved and accepted. My people know all of me. They know me. There's times that, yeah, I'm difficult and I'm outspoken and they're like, Corinne, please stop talking. But they know and love all of me. And they see my fierceness and they see my loyalty and my commitment and my love that I'm still working on unarmoring, (laughs) but I've got it. We want people that love and accept all of us, not just the best parts of ourselves. We can't orphan ourselves because frankly, we all have parts of ourselves that aren't great. 
but your people, the people who have earned the right to hear your story, the people that you want to have relationships with, who want to have relationships with you, they're going to love all of you and give you the space to be you. And if not, then those aren't your right people because we need your authentic self, not someone you need to be, to be accepted and cared for. That is exhausting. When I think about like, I'm not a good political game player. Like I'm a straight shooter. I say what I think probably say, and sometimes I'm probably too direct or honest or candid, I guess, about something, which doesn't help when you're playing political games. But when I think about people that have to go to work and be a certain way in order to, you know, survive in that place, that's soul costing or to be parts of friend groups where I had to be that way, or to be in a marriage where I had to be that way, to have to be who I wasn't. And I've done that. So it's exhausting. And instead, the more I've been willing to accept all of me to allow others to judge me, because let's be honest, people judge no matter what, but by allowing other people to judge me and not worry about that by accepting myself, I've been able to enjoy myself and cultivate relationships that rise up with me. The people that have come into my life, it's been phenomenal. And how they've risen up with me and accepted me and tolerated things about me because they could see it was part of my whole package instead of focusing on the one. And when I speak about relationships, remember, I'm speaking about romantic relationships like dating, life partner, marriage. And I'm also speaking about the non-romantic relationships in your life and the family relationships. And one of the things that I came up with a long time ago is just because somebody is blood doesn't mean they get the opportunity to drag me down or to treat me in a way that is not okay. So again, this idea, like let's have relationships that rise up with us. And these relationships, you know, I spent, like I said, a lot, a lot of time coaching clients on relationships. And sometimes they're relationships, professional relationships, like how do I, you know, overcome this obstacle? Because one of the things, let's face it, we're all humans (laughs) and we all have lots of desires and we all have cultural programming about how things are supposed to be. And we all have shame within our relationships. There's the voice of I'm not enough. I'm too much. He's too much. She's too much. Who does she think she is? There's all of that. That happens all the time. But remember, we are hardwired for connection and there's nothing wrong with you to want to have connection in relationships, both romantic and non-romantic, because my friend, we are wired for that. We aren't meant to go it alone. And that was such a huge permission for me to, because I had shame about wanting to have connection. It was like, I like people. I like connecting. I love talking. Hello. (laughs) I love all of that. And I had shame like, oh, Karen, you shouldn't, you're just too needy. No, we are hardwired for connection. So that permission was great. Then to know that you can also have permission to have quality relationships that rise up with you. And that may mean that maybe you don't have 500 friends, but honestly, do you have the capacity for 500 friends? So what do you really have the capacity for? And then start cultivating those relationships. I invite you Let's cultivate the relationships that rise up with you instead of trying to drag the relationships or strategize or sell yourself out to get the relationships that you want 
and it kind of looks like what you want on the outside, but on the inside, it doesn't feel good. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, hmm, yeah, they're here, but they don't really want to be here. And I don't feel really good after I've left or they treat me like a second class citizen. Just notice how you feel afterwards. And instead, I invite you to create a standard for yourself. And I realize this is where it's going to get really scary because it's vulnerable. So a standard, an example could be you have that friend who's always 10 minutes late and you just tolerate it and you're frustrated. And over time, you're like, okay, well, this is pre-COVID because now it's COVID, but pre-COVID, you'd be like, yeah, I know they're always late. So then you start to show up late too. But then your stress is like, well, maybe this will be the day that they'll show up on time. And so you're stressed, even though you're coming in late and then you start to go later and later. And then there's just this ongoing frustration. It might be low level, but there's all this brain juice where it's like, well, they're going to be late today. Are they not going to be late? Do I go late? Right. All this stuff. And we don't even have the capacity for all that because right now we're in the middle of what 2020 is. You know, we're trying to figure out in California, can I go outside because of air? Do I have my mask? What's okay to do? What's not okay to do? Can I go on a walk with this person or what's their bubble look like, right? We're already so far into it that this idea of being able to tolerate somebody 10 minutes late may be your breaking point where you maybe tolerated it before, but you're really frustrated. And one of the questions I always ask my clients is, if you tolerate this, will you be able to do it without having resentment? And that's a really important question because if you do get resentment, there's a huge cost to you. It doesn't feel good to feel resentful to you. Forget them. It doesn't feel good to you. There's a cost to you. It hurts your soul. So established standards. What we do is we lower our standards because someone somewhere at some point in our lives said, you know, you must compromise. Don't expect too much out of life. Don't get too big for your bridges. Those are all ways to make you small. Get clear on what's okay to you, what works for you, what feels right for you. What are the standards you want to live by? doesn't mean that other people are less than. It's what works for you. And then cultivate relationships. Other people are seeking the similar thing. It's like if I want to be a swimmer, me cultivating a relationship with a tennis player to get them to come swim with me, they're like, I want to go play tennis. And I'm like, I don't want to do anything with a ball and a racket. I want to go swim. And we're arguing about that instead of me going and finding swimming people and them going and finding tennis people. That's what I'm talking about. Neither one is right or wrong or better than the other. It's what's the right fit. So we want to cultivate relationships that rise up with us instead of the relationships that are anchoring us down. It's like, oh, well, fine. I'll go play tennis with you. But you know, this is the sixth time we've played tennis and we've only swam once, but I'll go do it this time. But next time we need to swim. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll go swim. (laughs) And then the next time you go and play tennis, you know, those kind of relationships, whether swimming or tennis or sticking, whatever the activity is, you know what I'm talking about. And there's so much mental drama before and there's mental drama afterwards. And then you're mad at yourself and you're like, see, I gave what I I wanted for them and they never budge. And they're just such a jerk. So I ask you, is it really worth it? And here's something that's really important. Only you can decide no one else. There's not a right or wrong. This is about your values. This is about your priorities. Only you can decide, you know, as I'm trying to decide and it's like, wait, what do I believe? You need to go in and ask that. There's not a right or wrong unless it's a law, right? But playing tennis or swimming, there's not a right or wrong. And sometimes it takes time to decide if it's really worth it. Don't beat yourself up. 
There are relationships that I've struggled with and it's taken a long, long time. And there's still that voice of, but Corinne, you should just settle for this. Like, I'm like, but I don't want to. I want something more. So if it takes time, give yourself grace of the time taking because there's a whole bunch of stuff that you're unpacking. Part of it is how you believe you're deserving of being treated. You're worthy. Some of it's your own worthiness. And so it takes time to work through that stuff. And then one day what happens is you do this work, you practice, and all of a sudden it like becomes just really clear to you. It's like, oh no, I don't want to have a friend that's always 10 minutes late, sometimes 15. And there's all this mental drama. So if they can't be on time, I'm going to just choose not to have coffee with them anymore. Right. And again, that's more of a pre-COVID example than a COVID example. Here's something that's really important is that we can end relationships without vilifying the other person and really not even ending them. Like we don't need to send a formal letter and say this relationship is terminated, but it's really a letting go. And the most important place to let go is in your brain. And think about it. Think about the people that, you know, we all know lots of people that we haven't seen, or, you know, maybe because of life circumstances, they were situational friends. You know, maybe they were friends at school or childhood playdates with, or they were on a certain sports team, or maybe they're college friends or dorm friends or whatever. And then you haven't seen them, but you haven't spent any mental brain juice. Like, oh my God, they haven't called me. They haven't done this. Whereas with other people you may have, but we've let them go. We're not attached to them. A really important attribute of both empathy and compassion, which are both the antidotes to shame, but a really important attribute is mindfulness. It's the ability to understand our thoughts and our feelings without attaching to them. So it's like when we're not even paying attention to the story in there and it's not anything that's dragging us down, it's like, okay, we're going to let them go. That's what I'm talking about. That's my invitation to you with the relationships that are dragging you down instead of rising up with you. Let them go. There doesn't have to be a termination letter. You don't need to vilify them. And the other thing that's really important is be grateful for the relationship and what it would provide for you during that time. There's so many relationships that I had at certain times and it was really fulfilling for that time. And then there became a fork in the road and decisions were made. And I remember at one point it was, instead of letting go, the concept that I came up with was, oh, I've outgrown the relationship, right? I like letting go better now. And so 10 years later, that's the way I like it to be, but letting go, outgrowing it, we're involving in different directions. It's okay. We don't have to be a good or a bad person, neither person, but the letting go and be grateful for what that relationship gave you for that period of time. Even if it taught you to get clear that Hey, I do matter. And my time is important too. And if we set a time, I expect us to be there. I mean, obviously, you know, there can be a leeway and maybe for some of you that live in big cities, 10 minutes isn't a big deal. I live in a small town, right? Where there could be a few minutes that could be a bit off, right? But what's okay for you? Everybody has a different spread of what's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And then after you're grateful, I invite you to acknowledge what do you desire more of? What is it that you hunger for? Like, what is it that you want, right? What do you want? And then as you let go, what happens is you create the space for another relationship to rise up with you. And I get it. 
it's totally scary (laughs) because it's filled with vulnerability. You're asking, you're getting clarity of what you want. You're creating space to have it. And then it's not going to get filled immediately because that's how it works. So vulnerability is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. But my friend, it's the pathway to what you want. And here's what I know. It's really, really worth it. It's really, really worth it. And the other thing about when you rise up with somebody else and you create relationships, you cultivate relationships that rise up with you is there's an energy exchange because those who rise up with us, it's the best ever. It's like, yeah, I want to do that. And you guys meet each other at your best selves and at your shit shows too. But it's such a great relationship because you start to notice the contrast and it becomes harder and harder to tolerate those who are anchoring because you're bringing your energy down and you're both anchoring each other. And that's an energy drain. When you settle, we drag each other down and it's exhausting. So think about the energy exchange that you put out there, right? When you put out kindness out into the world, kindness can come back. Yeah, there's some shitheads out in the world. I get that. But it's so much better to put kindness out in the world. So much better to be in relationships where the energy rises up with you. So my friend, I invite you to stop waiting. Stop trying to convince yourself that this is as good as it gets. Gosh, I hate that saying and I hate that movie. Or that one day this person will finally value you, value your relationship. And instead, I invite you to cultivate relationships that rise up with you wherever you are, that rise up with you. You get to create the standards of how you want to be treated and standards of how you will treat others. And then you look for people that that's what they want as well. It's like the swimming versus tennis analogy. Find the people you're going to have to test. You're going to have to try things out, pay attention, be curious, be compassionate, be a compassionate observer because it opens up your perceptual blindness. So be a compassionate observer pay attention. We need to stay out of judgment. Just pay attention. Is this a person that is thoughtful if that's important to you? Is this a person that shows up on time, right? What are the things that are really important to you? Do they show up in that manner? You're going to have to test and figure it out. A long time ago, I started Bikram yoga and I went from my husband. I'd gone like, and hated it, totally hated it. But I'd sign up for this 10 day pass. And so I was like, well, I better get my money's worth. So I'm going to go again. Thank goodness there were 10 days. Because I, for a period of time, was obsessed with Bikram Yoga. I loved it. I loved the heat. I was fascinated that I loved the sweat. It felt very cleansing. My brain got cleansed in there and I'd come out with the best creative ideas. It was amazing. But if I'd only evaluated after the first day, I would have never gone back. Thank goodness I had more time to practice. So you get to figure out how long you want to do that. And you also get to know what your hard no is but create the standards of how you want to be treated and know the standards of how you want to treat others. Hopefully they're aligned, right? We want to treat others the way we want to be treated. There's an energy exchange and know what you're not willing to tolerate. You're not too much if you're not willing to tolerate certain things because the cost to you is really high. And finally, give yourself permission to have what you desire. Really give yourself that permission. So often we've been told, oh, you can't really have what you want. I mean, that's the cultural message that most of us have gotten, but give yourself permission to have what you desire. And then here's what's really important. You have to hold that space and it takes a ton 
a shit ton of courage. You're going to need to be brave. I learned this metaphor, this concept from Martha Beck a long, long time ago, and it's such a great example. So I always explain to my clients when they come to work with me, they have this elevator and they're on the bottom floor and they're in this elevator and they have all these people that they've collected in their life. A lot of them, they don't even really like, but they're there. They're circumstantial, they're work people, maybe they're family members, and they just collected them because, you know, the more people you have, then you're popular and you're successful, right? It's kind of like the Facebook friends or how many followers you have on Instagram. And as they do this work and they become themselves and who they really are, instead of who they were always supposed to be, who they should be to please other people to fit in, what starts to happen is their elevator starts to rise up and it gets scary because people get off the elevator. And I say, just stay on that elevator. Trust me, stay on this elevator. You're going to get to the top and you'll feel so much better. And they continue to rise up and the elevator gets empty and it gets empty. And then all of a sudden, There's nobody else in the elevator, but you total vulnerability, total anxiety. It's like, wait a second. No, no, no. I need to go down because if I don't, I'm going to have all this loss. I'm never going to have anybody. And that's the trust. And I remind them, do you like who you are today? Do you like who you are? Can you enjoy what you're doing with yourself? And they reluctantly will say yes. And as they continue up the elevator, what happens is the right people, get on the elevator, the people that will rise up with you. And what happens is it's much more exquisite. The relationships, they're trustworthy, they're connected. Maybe it's not packed like a sardine. It may be more like a Louis Vuitton boutique store that just has a few items, but they're all exquisite. If that's your sort of thing, it's not mine, but if that's your sort of thing, it's a great metaphor. So I invite you cultivate relationships that rise up with you. And as someone dear to me had tattooed on his chest, never settle. Instead, cultivate relationships that rise up with you. Rise up and expect your relationships to rise up. Be clear about the kind of relationships you want and what you're no longer willing to tolerate. I'm smiling big for you, my friend. Hey, If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that 
was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.